We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of 21 Questions brought to you by my very favorite pals at Macadoodles. Not you, Maddie. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Macadoodles coming to Lee's Summit, Missouri this very month. Maddie, I I, I am so excited for this. I, I really am. For, this is the most excited I've been for a Macadoodles and none of them have ever been in my state or even my city. So I, I am crazy excited for this. We appreciate them sponsoring this show. We appreciate them coming to Kansas City. I want more in Kansas City because I just do. I mean, get them over the Kansas side. Let's go with that. But yes, appreciate Macadoodles. And I appreciate Maddie joining me for this week's Q&A show. Maddie, my friend, how we doing? You know, I was doing good until you decided to go with Macadoodles over me is uh, off the top of the show. And now, you know, now I'm just kind of here. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm here because they pay me, like Marshawn Lee said. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll give you a hug this weekend here. and make you feel better. But that's, I'm so excited that we get to see each other this weekend. KCSN Golf Tournament is happening. Oh. When you are listening to this, it is happening today. So if you are coming we love you. We are so excited to see you. If not, be ready for this next year because that thing sold out quick. So get ready. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, Maddie, what do you say we get in? Get into this. Get into the question. Yeah, we, we should probably answer some questions. You know, people yeah. got questions. We got some answers. Yeah, these are all cold from the KCSN Discord, which you will only get to ask if you are a KCSN subscriber. Sign up. It is either $5 a month or $30 a year. You're getting all of our film and analysis, breakdowns, everything like that that's behind the paywall, and access to the best Chiefs community that exists as part of the KCSN Discord here. We're going to start with Matt K here. It says, should we be worried about the lack of interceptions on defense through five weeks, the Chiefs only have one, and they haven't really been in a position to get very many more. Maddie, how do you feel about that? 
Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's a concern. I don't know if it's a big concern. I don't, I think obviously a defense that is good at turning the ball over is obviously going to be better than one that is not. I am with you though. It seems like the chiefs are getting a lot of targets to corners that have their backs to the ball. And that's just simply what's going to happen when you target outside corners a lot. Teams have seen, you know, uh, an area to attack there. And that's fair when you send mm-hmm. the success that teams have had. So those are going to be the hardest plays to come down with some uh, plays. I also think that the Chiefs are getting aren't getting as much consistent pressure to affect throws, forcing, you know, inaccurate throws at often. That's where you get a lot of interceptions. So I'm mildly concerned, but it's not something turnovers are something that is not consistent enough for me to get too worried about this early in the season. Yeah, it it, it definitely is because they're targeting some of these outside guys that I haven't played the ball particularly well in the air. I want to see a team that's going to attack the middle of the field a little bit more. And I want to see it after Trent McDuffie is back in the equation here. So I really, I think that we can see maybe a little bit better performance and we'll see a little bit more targets in the middle of the field. Hell, Willie Gay should have a couple by now and he he should be leading the team in interceptions without even playing for the last four games. So I, I think we're going to see some more. I think they will come. But yeah, I'm with Matty. They're, they're so hard to predict. They're so hard to really con- get consistent performance out of that, especially at the, the areas of the field that the Chiefs are being targeted. So they, they'll come. I'm just not too worried about it yet. All right. Our good pal Grayson asks, who trades for Ronald Jones? He asks Arizona, Broncos, Seahawks. Well, I, I will say this. I, it's not going to be the Broncos. I, I just don't. And the Broncos are going to have to give up a ransom for the Chiefs to be like, here, let me help you. Arizona Seahawks. I mean, Arizona is probably the better team right now. And they have been through just a really rough stretch of, of injuries at, at running back. So I could see maybe them offering a little bit of something. Seahawks right now just seems so out of it. And I don't know that Ronald Jones is the guy that they would want to hinge their hopes on in the future. So I don't know that they want to trade too terribly much for him. Matty, I, I mean, I think though, I think those are the teams. If we're talking about teams that need a running back, how do you feel about any of that? I don't think Seattle makes a lot of sense. Um, if anything, they should be trying to recoup draft. Not that Ronald mm-hmm. Jones would take a lot, but they'd be trying to recoup draft picks to get a quarterback. I think they have enough guys that play running back on the team. They feel okay with as well. Cardinals make a little bit more sense, but it's still the same thing. I think they traded away draft capital already. Do they have enough to trade? And who's training for Ronald Jones? I don't think anybody wants to trade for (laughs) Ronald Jones, right? Like he's shown nothing during his NFL career to make you think that you have to go get him, right? If he's chilled on the practice squad and some team wants to snag him and immediately put him on their active roster, I think that's even a 50-50 at this point in time. So I don't think anybody trades for him. Yeah, I I would – I think it you're I think you're talking a late day three pick, if anything, in that scenario. Or a future like, year. Or a future year, maybe even like that. And like a I don't know, seven at this from point, 2026. Maddie, would you take that? Why <laughs> like, not? I mean, you've been inactive. I, Why I, not? I, the I, Chiefs I, just brought I, I, Wayne Gallman to their practice squad. I like yeah. what I've seen from Wayne Gallman better in the NFL than Ronald Jones. Well, and that's I, I think that's the thing. They they very clearly trust the front three. And right. very clearly carrying Ronald Jones just in case there's an injury. And we're now five weeks into the season. Like how many more weeks do you sit there and just say, Hey, listen, we're going to let him dwell on the practice squad cut to him having an excellent week, 16, 17, 18 to close out the season. And now all of a sudden we're like, man, it's a good thing. They kept him on the inactives all year long. We'll see. Yeah. Going to pull a Derek Gore on us. Matty J 
asked this question. Why does Andy continue to force a pass early in games? Only three rushes in the first half to the late second drive when McKinnon got going. Offense has worked better this year when well-balanced, and the defense doesn't know when the run or the pass is coming. Maddie, how do you feel about that? The Chiefs are still better passing the ball than rushing the ball. I think sure. that that Tampa Bay game skews a little bit of kind of what we think of the run game because they had a really good plan versus whatever the Buccaneers front was giving them. And they executed it extremely well. But if you go back and watch, they would, I understand it was only three rushes, but a rush of zero yards or a rush of minus one feels a lot more demoralizing than having an incompletion for this team. It just feels more demoralized than having an incompletion or better yet, just run one of your silly little uh, wide receiver screens that pick up minimum two, three yards. That's already better than a run play. It's getting zero, right? It's like, I understand because the chiefs run game is still very inconsistent. Now, Run gap scheme stuff. Just run gap scheme stuff. <laughs> they have a far less negative, especially without Nick Allegretti. And I don't want to single him out as being bad, but like there was clearly limitations on him being out there and how effective mm-hmm. they were. If you have a healthy offensive line and they're going to run some of their, you know, single back power, some of their, their counter runs develop kind of slow. So you see some negative plays there, but the single back power stuff, the little bit of Y insert stuff they do, that's at least netting positive yards almost every single time. Yeah, run more of those. Picking up two yards isn't a successful run necessarily, but it's at least not a negative, and you don't feel demoralized. So I think it's the types of runs that they pick more so than how much they run that kind of get on my nerves. Yeah. Z Andera asks, does this weekend decide the MVP? Oh, my goodness. I, I pulled up the DraftKings odds here. Josh Allen currently has the best odds to win the MVP. He's at plus 200. Patrick Mahomes is second at plus 450 Jalen Hurts at plus 600 I may or may not have put a little money on Jalen Hurts just then I I love you Patrick Mahomes but my goodness I gotta gotta go with those odds I do think that this goes a long way towards that especially the early season and obviously you know one of these guys falls apart in the midseason can ruin everything but it certainly is going to shift those odds drastically in one player or the other's favor because I think everybody kind of views the Chiefs and the Bills is basically 1A, 1B right now in the AFC and maybe even in the league after Philly's recent performances. So I do think that you see that team specifically, whoever wins that is going to be viewed as the guy with the better quarterback, is going to be viewed as the best team in the AFC and potentially the league. And that's really what it is. That's what the MVP is basically at this point. Best player on the best team. And it will drastically swing to whoever wins this game. So, yeah, I I fully believe that it's going to decide it at least for probably the next five or six weeks unless one of these guys falls off a cliff. All right. Wolf 24. Travis Kelsey is on pace for 24 touchdowns right now. Good Lord. (laughs) What what does he end up with, Maddie? What What do you think? I wanted, I, my initial gut reaction was going to be say 13, right? 13 seems mm-hmm. good. But then I'm thinking about it and I'm looking, I'm like, seven's a lot already to only say he's going to get six more with the way they're using him in the red zone and their way they're able to find, I mean, he's going to get at least two more, just com- at minimum two more completely manufactured things that don't aren't even <laughs> like real plays. They're just manufactured cheap touchdowns that go to him at minimum two. That puts you at nine. I think he's only going to get four more throughout the year. I don't know. I'm, I, I might lead to 15. I'm up into the two. I'm going 15. 15 on the year for Travis Kelsey. It's a lot, but seven, he's already at seven. 
if he gets 15 touchdowns, he is the offensive player of the year. Period. I mean, well, he's not going to win MVP. Uh, his year, because a couple a years ago, was stupid good. And he didn't oh, get it. Oh man, I, that's. Whew. I, I I think he's going to do that. Uh, Zach, you know, added an addendum here. Will Travis catch 10 touchdowns before either MVS or Juju catches their first? No, I don't think so. I realize that that's just three touchdowns away, and the man's coming off of a four touchdown game. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I I think we've seen some routes designed for Juju, specifically Juju over the past couple of weeks. They want to get him one. They really do. He gets one this week. I think he does too. I I think we're seeing a Juju touchdown within the next week or two, certainly. Very clearly seen. They want to get him going in that realm. MVS, I think MVS, you're going to see a touchdown on a longer play like something over the top something that he gets a little bit loose on that could also happen this week as well i think that theirs are just going to be at a certain point it's going to balance back out a little more travis kelsey is obviously going to lead it but i don't think he quite gets to 10 maybe just nine so <laughs> just the rk asks kind of in that same vein will any wide receiver break six touchdowns on the season maddie no no, I next. So I, and we're too late in the year for them to only yeah. have one. Like, yeah, somebody could have like a three touchdown performance. But like right now, I just think there's been too much inconsistency in terms of who's getting the lion's share of targets at wide receiver so far this year. I do think Juju's getting the most consistent targets, but I mean, MVS is getting some too. When McColl's healthy, he gets some. It's like all they're getting some. It's just no one's consistently getting enough, and especially no one's consistently getting enough in the red zone for me to feel confident yeah. betting on any of them getting six. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I mean, by the way, it's it's two touchdowns. I think you're forgetting about the Justin Watson score, or maybe you're forgetting about the the McCole Hardman score. Both of those. Oh guys no, no, touchdown right now. No, I knew that they had one. Sorry, I said nobody has oh, one. I you misspoke. Said one, one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Ignore me. So that's where Ignore we are me. with that. I just don't. Think All right, <laughs> Andy Nagel. What player has turned out to be a great pick that you didn't like at the time? Any team, any of the last three drafts. Uh, Maddie, do you have one that jumps to mind here? I meant to kind of think on this a little bit, and I'll I did. Stick, yeah, easy. Creed Humphrey. Oh, there you go. I didn't. I didn't love. I didn't love the Chiefs' whole second round that year with Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey, and it was a little bit about the players, but more so about the position, the positional value there. And I still have some qualms with it. However, I can definitely see with Creed Humphrey how that pick was absolutely positively worth it because he's been everything you would have hoped for out of a second round center and more. And I think that he has been, he's been good enough that you kind of get over the positional value qualms there. I'm not there with Nick Bolton yet. I also have more questions about his play in the NFL than I do Creed Humphreys right now. So like, that's why I didn't go with him yet to where I'm like, I love that pick now, but Creed Humphrey, great pick. And at the time, anyone that remembers it, I was pretty heated about not liking it. Yeah. Yeah, you were. Um, I, Noah Igbignogany. No, he's been terrible. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I just miss a lot of guys. I don't, I don't like most of the guys that I don't like are usually into the draft guys. And those guys, like I wasn't a big Ernest Jones fan when he came out a couple of years ago and he was phenomenal for the Rams last year it was arguably the the second best defensive player on that team in the Super Bowl. I was not a big Ernest Jones fan. Um, I, most of the guys that that I don't like based on the positions that I have covered for the KCSN draft guide in the past are, are typically guys that are like late, late, 
day three guys. Grant Stewart's still kicking around in the league. Uh, what a, what Chris a big Jones Grant was Stewart a third guy. round pick. So yeah, that that one counts. Yeah, there you, probably, you go. You probably wouldn't have liked him drafted in round three. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have liked him drafted in round three. You're right. You're right. I I didn't like him that much. So most of those guys are there. Most of the corners that get drafted early are guys that I like because they've got good athletic profiles and I'm the CBAT guy. And that's typically when they go. So I just kind of generally like those types of guys. So I don't have one that I feel like I, I didn't like the pick at the time that didn't work out. Most of those guys, Saban Collins, Isaiah Simmons, they, they haven't really worked out so far. So, all right, Mike Denny. You're doing a little day drinking and you have room in your cooler to put in six cans. This feels very targeted, Mike Denny. What six cans do you want? Oh, well, man. let me go first. Let yes. me go first. Mm -hmm. I am asking Craig to pack me six cans. Okay. You're asking. No, 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 not right now. No, no, you don't got to do it now. That's just, that's my answer. If I were going to be, oh. if, if we're about to hang out and see each other and I'm, and I know I'm meeting Craig, I'm like, Craig, you're hitting up the beer store, pick out six things that you'll think I like and bring them. And I can guarantee you, I will love at least three of them, like at least two more and be able to tolerate the last one at minimum. And that says a lot because I'm not a big beer guy. I don't love you're, most beers. I barely tolerate most of them. And so Craig could come out with at least half of them that I just absolutely love. So that that's my answer. I put it all on that, Craig. I do feel like that is the one thing that I feel like is a small superpower of mine. I, 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 I am okay at that. And I, I, I mean, like when we were, we were out at Ref river bluffs over, you know, over training camp there, you know, being like, yo, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. You're going to like this. Come find me at, uh, at the golf tournament, Mike, I, I'll have recommendations for you. They're all going to be dry dock brewing. I love dry dock brewing right you now. You're going to find Craig and I running the beer cart. Yes, you are. And my buddy Ryan there over at dry dock takes good care of us. And man, they make great beers. So I, Love, love, love them. So I, at this point, just because I'm on their kick, six six dry dock beers. Doesn't matter which. I, I haven't had a bad beer from them yet. So come find me. I'll, tell me what you like. I'll recommend something. Well, and now speaking Casey, of this golf tournament, you might yes. see me there drinking this oddly looking tall boy. This tall Is it going to be a beer? Can. No, Craig, it won't be because, you know, it's a golf tournament. We're outside. It's a long time. Yeah, there will be some beers, but this particular tall boy, this enticing can is going to be a liquid death. That's right. It is mountain spring water straight from the Alps. Three different flavors, sparkling, distilled, flat. Like they have everything you want. This is going to keep me hydrated this entire time while I'm hauling around this beer cart, maybe drinking some tall boys out of there too. But this particular liquid death can is going to keep me going. It is going to fuel me for the entire day. Not by beer, but by hydrating me. That's right. It's out there to murder my thirst. It is going to take my thirst out behind the woodshed and put it down because I am drinking this delicious water out of this nice, cool aluminum can. No plastic bottle taste. I don't have to deal with, you know, wrecking the planet with these plastic bottles. No, I have this aluminum tall boy can, holds a lot of water, keeps it cold. It's so refreshing to drink out of. And I could look really darn cool while doing it because it kind of looks like a beer and there's, you know, on a golf course, that's a good look. So if you're like me and want this liquid death to come to this golf tournament on Saturday that you guys are definitely coming to, or you're just going to kick around the house and want your thirst to be murdered, you can get liquid death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. If that doesn't work, that's okay. 
you can go to the you can find a liquid death retailer by going to their store locator to liquiddeath.com slash kcsn that's liquiddeath.com slash kcsn and you can murder your thirst from your couch on the road behind the steering wheel in an airplane wherever you want I love that you use the word woodshed. You you have officially surpassed Kent as my favorite person to do the liquid death ad read, Maddie, right then and there. All right, Casey from Casey asks, after five games, have your opinions for the ceiling of this defense or this defense can achieve, have they changed? Yes, I, I, I really do think so. I think they started so much better. First of all, they've started so much better than any Steve Spagnuolo defense in Kansas City has. And then the fact that they're playing so many young players gives me hope. Um, I don't know if the ceiling maybe is as high as some previous years, but that's fine because it's cost controlled and they're doing a good job with the players, with these young players. The fact that they've been able to start hot, the fact that they've been a primary reason why they are four and one at this point, that that's amazing for this defense. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought they would be eventually, you know, average to above average. I think they're, easily there already so the fact that they're already there means that they can only go up from here in a steve spagnola scheme all right rugby fox what's your favorite obscure sport maddie do you have a favorite obscure sport i i have a weird definition of sport that we don't need to get into right now so like that makes it difficult like i think a lot of things are more of like activities than sports um so like it depends on how obscure we're talking about right um so no, I don't think. I mean, like rugby kind. Does rugby count as obscure? I like rugby, but eh, yeah, sure. It's mainstream to so much of the world. It's like I don't know if it counts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I I understand. Yeah, I get that. I mean, like, I four or five years ago, I would have said F one because I was a, a giant mm-hmm. F one fan, and nobody else was watching. And then Drive to Survive came out, and now everybody watches it. So that's not obscure anymore. But Ooh. like, I, I don't know, Chakrata or something like that. I I do love Chakrata. I, I have told this story on the radio with Josh Briscoe before, but um, my wife and one of my friends and I used to, you know, have some beverages when we'd hang out back when ESPN plus just had like replays of just random sports. And we used to watch polo and we used to, we were, we had the idea that we were going to start a fantasy polo league there for a little while. Yes, that's, that's right. Not water polo, like riding on horses, polo i have a lot of knowledge about polo just from sitting drinking late at night and watching that so i get it. probably that i mean it was, it was literally on like last weekend and my wife and i watched it for a little while women's polo was on so yeah just, just for old time's sake so i have my least favorite obscure sport baseball um with no. that said <laughs> next question isaac hugh asked you have you have free days in kansas city what do you do with non-food suggestions, like what does what do you do if you're just hanging out in Kansas City for a weekend, and what do you do that is not food related? Ooh, I'm going to the Nelson. Um, I, I really love the Nelson Art Museum. Going there, uh, Negro League Baseball Museum is a must. Like, gotta go there. Both of those places are pretty cool. I'm checking out, you know, who's playing at some of the you know little clubs around town. Just trying to see, you know, catch a music act or something like that. Go hang out. Go downtown and brewery hop, you know, City Barrel, uh, Casual Animal, Double Shift. They're all down there. It's really easy to just kind of walk around and find some good brews downtown. So, yeah, that's probably what I'm doing with some free days in Kansas City. You, you got any money? 
see when I'm back in town, I have so much family and friends that live there that like my entire time spent hanging out with people, which is great. But then like, you don't get free days. <laughs> yeah. It's not really like free days. Cause I, I get to come back so seldomly. Like, so I don't really ever just have time by myself, but I mean like, you know, I've spent time at, like union stations, a fun little time. If you haven't been before the Nelson art museum, like Craig said, there's some decent hiking trails all around Kansas city. If you're not mm -hmm. looking for anything like, you know, super rigorous or stuff like that. I, it, I think it's going to count like go catch a sporting game. If you know, if soccer's going yes. on, I haven't got to see, I haven't got to see a current game yet, but I would love to, if their season was going on there, like that's that, uh, the is it independence Mavericks or whatever the hockey league <laughs> team is go check them out. Like these are not, they're still sports. Like I know they only half count, but like, if you don't have some of these near you, it's fun to go out there and catch all these little games and stuff like that. So, you know, stuff like that's kind of what I do, but like I, said, I don't really get free time there. Yeah. Steve Eduardo with how much, Orlando Brown Jr. and Wiley have struggled so far this season. There's been talk from some fans about possibly needing two new tackles next year. Do you see any possibility of Tooney shifting to left tackle, even for one season, just to try and keep more continuity on the OL and not need to make two major tackle upgrades in the same offseason? I, I don't. I really don't. I think we would have seen him move around by now if they really thought that it was going to be a problem. They certainly have more interior offensive line depth and if they really wanted to make that decision, I think they would have already. And they would have gone and done that. I know Andy said that he's ready to step in, which he is in case of injury. But even when we've seen injuries and guys, you know, being depleted, it's been Prince. It's been Jerron. Like, it, it's been those guys. So, no, I don't I don't think we're going to see Tooney out there. I think we're going to see some tackle additions this, this offseason here. That, more oh, than yeah. one. Even if they're both right tackles. <laughs> I don't know, but more than one all right zaxam interacts approximate your energy levels for sunday night after spending all of saturday at the tournament then the emotional high of the chiefs bills game and then all of the post-game content that we're going to be producing maddie what what's your energy level going to be after this weekend basically sunday night Sunday night, I'll probably be okay. Um, I don't, I don't come down from the games like quickly, or it's not like a crash and burn, right? Like it keeps me up at night, especially out here on the East Coast when they're night games for a little bit. But like, I don't usually have much of a crash per se. Monday is gonna drag. Like Monday will be a rough one. Like getting back to stuff on Monday, but like Sunday night, I think I'll still be fine. I'll still be riding the high, or frustrated about the low of whatever the game presents. But like, yeah, I'll be good until Monday. Um, I don't know about everybody else. I am the youth of the group. Tucker and I, I, yeah, I was usually say, contain I'm, I'm high gonna, energy levels. I'm going to be destroyed because I'm going to be at a trade show for my day job next week. And so I got to fly out. I'm going to just be, bleh. yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a thing. So yeah, Pastor Jackson, since we have the two coffee connoisseurs on 21 Ooh. questions this week. Yeah, that's right. You guys have a certain drink of choice, pour over cappuccino, et cetera. And or is there a certain coffee shop you particularly enjoy? I can start with this one. Um, this was really easy for me. My wife works at a coffee shop here in town, a little, little local one that's, you know, kind of a local coffee shop. They make awesome coffee. So, yes, I do have a favorite one by default there. Even if I wasn't married to somebody there, it would be my favorite because their coffee is the best. I, I like to drink it out of a French press and I drink my coffee 90% of the time, just black, no cream, no sugar, just straight up black coffee. So I'm looking for, I, I know we talk about all that stuff on, you know, we have 
advertisers and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I am genuinely looking for the best tasting coffee because I, I'm not adding a whole lot to it, not trying to do anything more to it. So yeah, it, Maddie can attest, I drink my coffee black basically yeah. the entire time that we hang out. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I, I, my normal coffee is yeah, to pour over. Um, I do like the smallest splash of cream, like the coffee barely changes colors. I like to just cut the acidity just a little bit, preferably, mm -hmm. but I'll drink black coffee. So like, I still not quite as intense and Craig, like I can bypass a little bit of the taste cause I do get that splash of cream, but for the most part, I want a good tasting coffee. Um, I do like a pour over. I do like a French press. Um, my only qualm with the French press was sometimes I wanted to be a little bit a little bit quicker than having to go through that in the mornings, especially as you know, sometimes I, when I first started getting coffee and like really getting into it, I was waking up at like 4am and having to get ready to go train people. And like, sometimes I just did not have the energy to do the whole French <laughs> press process before getting out the door. Um, so I, I do like that uh, favorite drink. I've actually kind of gotten hooked on these um, like shaken oat milk espressos. Like if you go to Starbucks, you can get the brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso. I have them dial way back the pumps. I think it comes with like six pumps or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, hit me with like two for this large bad boy. But I really, I like oat milk and I like it in cold coffee. So if you get like a shaken, you know, espresso with the oat milk stuff and even the little bit of sugar from the brown sugar is good. That's, I don't like most sugar in most of my coffee, but it kind of works there for me. But I'll make some at home too. I'll get a couple shots of espresso, shake it, and then, you know, strain it into another cup and then put my oat milk in. So I, I kind of got on that kick lately. That's, yeah. that's my coffee drinking right now. That sounds good. It does. It genuinely sounds it's good. good. I want coffee. I want coffee now. I think I'm Tomorrow. Some coffee. Maddie, Maddie's watched me after draft weekend or something like that. Like what, this past draft weekend, we came home from the Kingdom Bar and Grill after, was that day one? No, it was day two. It was day two. Came home after the Kingdom Bar and Grill and I just made myself a pot of coffee and started drinking coffee. off of it. Yeah. It was, it was after midnight. It's just like, nah, just putting me to sleep. That's, that probably says a lot about my caffeine problem. Uh, Andrew Richard six, never too early for draft season. Chiefs are on the clock. What are they taking right now between Zay Flowers, oh, Javon boy. Dexter, and Isaiah Foxy or Foskey, and why that position group? Ooh. Maddie, this is all you, buddy. Well, Isaiah Foxy would be the pick, but Isaiah Foskey, I don't know about. Um, so I'm gonna, you're fine. I am hoping this is the second round if these are my options. Um, I don't want any of these guys in the first round. I, so I'm, I'm just going to pretend in my mind this is the second round. Uh, Zay Flowers, because I think he is the most likely of that group to provide like an, a significant impact, a dynamic impact, I guess is the best way to say. Foskey's fine. I don't know what I see as his like go-to trade as a pass rusher that I think he is going to be good. I think you're getting a guy who's like, wrote not even maybe not even rotational a like starting level defensive end but you never get excited for he's going to go out there he might end the year with six sacks five four five six sacks and be okay versus the run but i'm not excited gervin dexter is good but I, again i don't know if he's dominant he might come in and just eat some snaps he might show some pass rush potential but i don't you're not getting i don't think he's chris jones not that anybody is but i just don't think he's like a game record interior defensive line. And while I don't trust a flower size, and I think a lot of his touches might have to be manufactured early in his career, I've seen him run good enough routes. He has enough deep speed that I trust him to be, to potentially be a dynamic player at the NFL more than I trust the other two. And I oddly think the chiefs, this chiefs team lacks dynamic players. They're not a Oof. dynamic team right now. How wild is that to think about? I, know. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a polar opposite. Don't hate it. It's polar opposite of how it's been lately. All right. We, we have a bunch of bills questions. Uh, tune in. We, we answered a lot of these bill oh. questions for people. So I'm not trying to jump over everybody here, but 
a lot of Bills questions. Tune into our 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 show that we did that that posted yesterday. Uh, Lee eighty seven, Maddie and Craig tell me about the two things you like most about each other and the thing you wish you could change about each other. Oh man, Maddie and I. Maddie and I are the two that, that probably like when we go on trips, when we go on all these scouting stuff, when we go to the shrine game, senior bowl, stuff like that. Maddie and I probably spend the most time around each other out of all of us, just because Maddie stay in Maddie and I stay in the same room. We wake up before who am I kidding? We wake up before 10. Um, we, <laughs> we, we go Sorry. grab breakfast. We, we do a lot of stuff. We, you know, we, we hang out a lot. So I can't pick two things. But I can pick one thing that I don't like, and it's the fact that he's so damn far away that I, we only get to do that a couple times a year. So, I, I mean, there's just so much. Like, we, we've kind of effused praise on each other a lot, but it is it is nice when we do get to hang out because we, we do. We kind of have the same speed, and that's that's pretty fun. We do. Um, and, that, and I think yeah, Craig kind of knows, like, you know, I, we love everybody that we work with. Everyone's great. And I mm-hmm. love hanging out with every single one of them. But when we do go out on trips, Craig and I just kind of, we, yeah, we operate at the same speed. Our daily schedules are kind of the same. We want to do the same general stuff most of the time. Like we just say kind of aligns that we usually end up in the same room, spending a lot of time together based on all those things. Um, but I'm going to embarrass Craig now. Two of my oh, favorite no. things about Craig. He is genuinely one of the nicest people that I have ever met to people that he cares about. Craig will ask you how your day is. He will ask for information. He genuinely cares what you have to say, whether it's good, bad, annoying you. He's always there to listen. He's always going to be nice, lending a helping hand anytime he can. He is, like I said, genuinely one of the nicest people that I have ever met. That's one of the things I love most about Craig. Number two, he gives the best hugs and this is gonna, this is gonna, this is gonna be a little conflicting here with my next point. He took the distance one, which is like you know low hanging fruit. Yeah. I was with that. The distance part stinks. He's too tall. Not many people make me feel short. He makes me feel short. He's just too tall. Now being so tall, it allows him to give these great hugs, but he also makes me feel short. So you know you can drop him down like an inch and a half or two inches, and he could still be taller. Hugs would still be great, but you know I would feel less short around him. I shouldn't have asked that question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brad C., what's been the most frustrating thing for you about the beginning of the Chiefs season, mm-hmm. and what are you most pleased about? Maddie? anything that jumps out at you in both sides? Yeah. I have more snaps. I just I don't yeah. get where we're going with it. I just... I get that they have other receivers and they all make it. Maybe he's not ready, but like, let's see him not be ready. I've seen them see a lot of man coverage. He's the one receiver that I trust almost the most to just beat one-on-one, you know, man coverage, beat this guy in this one-on-one senior bowl-esque route. He's the guy Mm -hmm. I trust to do it the most. I understand timing and stuff matters, but like, where's the snaps going? And most pleased about, I think how quickly the offenses seem to just be okay. How quickly they've just gotten it. I thought we'd still be working through growing pains right now. And there's some, but they're still staying effective. Yeah, uh, lowest hanging fruit there. Orlando Brown Jr. is the one that I'm probably the the most disappointed about. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see him show up and and kind of have a prove it year as a left tackle. So I, I really kind of wanted to see that pretty quick. But um, most please, it, the rookies playing under Spagnuolo and being effective. So yeah, that that has been great so far to see a lot of that. Okay, a couple more questions here, and we'll get out of here. Uh, let's go with um, with defense is playing the Chiefs offense with the highest rate of man coverage in the league. That's 40%. Will Sky Moore get more 
Nice job, Matt K. Field time with his ability to separate. Um, maybe. <laughs> so non-committal after what Matty just said there. He should, right? Like, I mean, it just makes should. sense. He he's a guy that has that explosion. He's got those big ass hands, those long arms. He can pluck the ball. We've seen him do a really good job of controlling the ball in traffic and handling all that stuff. The the fumbled punt was what it was. You know, he's seeing stuff in the sky and all that. And seeing stuff in the sky makes it sound like aliens were flying overhead. Had lost it in the sun. So, I mean, like, you see the ability there. I think it's just a matter of time before we start seeing him on the field. They've gotten by without him so far. I think as they continue to see more man coverage, again, not this weekend, but more man coverage as the season goes along, I think you're going to see more Sky More games. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm waiting for it. I kind of said I think it was going to be later in the year and start to pick up, but just the way games have gone, I'm surprised it's been as low as it has been. And even when he's out there, it seems like he's often just on the backside of plays, not getting a lot of stuff. Um, we'll see if it changes. I, I would hope it will. I, I got one more question here. And if you want one yes. more after this, we're good. This is either our last one or second to last. Leighton Y44. Outside mm-hmm. of the Bills this weekend, which non-divisional game are you most excited for the rest of the season? So here are your options. The San Francisco 49ers, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville fighting Doug Petersons, Los Angeles Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, Houston Texans, Seattle Genos. I mean, at the risk of going full rant Swanson here, it's the Bengals, man. Like, I want to bury that team. I don't care that they're down right now. I don't care that they're not playing particularly well. I want to bury that team. I, I really do. And I think... Not to try and put this completely in Patrick, put words in Patrick's mouth, but you've seen the way that Bobby Stroop is kind of handling the way that the Bengals have handled themselves this offseason. I think Petty Patrick is coming out in that game. I think we're going to see a big one. So for that reason and for putting them where they need to be this season, I'm excited for the Bengals game the most. That's a good one. I want to go to the Tennessee Titans because their fans got really mad at us for one time saying that the Chiefs were better than them in the comment section. I don't know why. They found they found a game preview or something. They got really upset that we didn't know everything about the Titans and we thought the Chiefs were a better team. And the Titans have generally been a relatively weird thorn in the side of the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid. Like they've been oddly a team that has beaten the Chiefs when they shouldn't. So yeah, the Tennessee Titans team, I think, stinks this year. They stink. Hear that, Titans fans? Your team stinks. Go eat some more mayonnaise. You stink. (laughs) Eat mayonnaise and listen to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Here's our last one. Bruce in the fort. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about edge players dropping into coverage. This seems to be more frequent in the past. Is this accurate and what's going on when this occurs? I saw him post this. Wanted to address it real quick here. Maddie, you can do this as well. With Steve Spagnuolo blitzing as much as he is, you got to have somebody to drop into those hot lanes, and you got to be able to try, you know, kind of trap some of that. So if Legarius Sneed is coming off of the right side of the defensive line, and there's a you know a slot receiver that's tight in there, you might have that defensive end drop out into coverage, or a defensive tackle drop out into coverage to try and take away that slant, take away you know a quick curl or something like that, or opposite him if you're trying to get a quarterback who tendency is to throw hot away from the blitz. That's not always the case, but it does definitely happen. So because of that, because there's been so many more slot blitzes this year, Spagnuolo loves to blitz, but it's usually blitzing to get 
five, six, seven, you know, in the rush lanes. This year, it's been a lot of blitzing to get five or blitzing to get four even in the rush lanes. And so because of that, you are seeing a lot more. Carlos Dunlap, George Karloftis, those two especially, even Derek Naughty a, a little bit there, you know, seeing them drop into coverage a little bit. So that's why you're seeing that. Maddie, you can speak to that a little bit as a former defensive lineman. Sometimes you got to drop into coverage. It, it, you know, it is what it is. And I guess you kind of look at it this way too. If you're defensive, I'm like, yeah, you want to be rushing the pass. Like that's what you want to do. That's what you're paid for. Some guys are crazy and they love the, the battles and the run defense and stuff. I don't know what's wrong with those guys. That's not fun. <laughs> but if you're told that, Hey, instead of spiking into this guard and maybe eating a double team head first. And so somebody else can run free, you get a sift back and just kind of stand in an open space for a little bit and probably not get hit on that play. Maybe the ball, maybe a ball comes near you because they're trying to throw hot and you should be dropping into it. Hey, that's kind of cool. That's a lot more fun. Like sometimes the defensive lineman, you don't hate that, right? Mm-hmm. So you're okay with it in terms of why the Chiefs are doing it. I think Craig kind of covered it, although they are not trying to bring as much pressure. Probably means less trust in some of the back end players this year to not hold up while they're bringing seven. So instead, you're getting a five man rush trying to overload one side playing with rush lanes a little bit more. It seems like based on the angle, some of these rushes are coming from. And so it, it's working. It's working pretty well for them. But yeah, you're getting guys drop out. And I, I don't think it's been a problem yet. I haven't seen anybody having to carry anything vertical. They're just dropping into curl zones, cutting off something hot from you know usually the opposite side of the field. So have at it until it becomes a problem. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for us for 21 questions. We thank McAdoodles for sponsoring this once again coming to Lee's Summit, Missouri this very month. I thank Maddie for joining me. I thank everybody for listening. Please like, share, subscribe right down here. Click those buttons. It's it's great for us. We will be back after the Kansas City Chiefs play the Whoa. Buffalo Bills this weekend. Be kind to each other, and we'll Eat catch the you Bills. Later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.